Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 70 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here today with Dylan Basile from Vancouver, Canada. Yep. Welcome, buddy. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. This is my first time, so BJ. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. So, me and Dylan have been having a lot of chats here at Pun Space in Chiang Mai. I'm back in town, really glad to get back to work. And we've been talking a lot about, you know, different business models for people who, uh, who are who are trying to build online business and be able to travel and be location dependent. So we were talking a lot about the pros and cons of doing Amazon FBA, uh, fulfilled by Amazon, which tons of people are doing. Uh, we're talking about drop shipping and we're kind of looking into other things as well. So that was a big reason why I wanted Dylan on the show. Uh, but also uh, Dylan is, this is pretty much the exact same age as me and we both read the four hour work week quite a few years ago, right? When, yeah, did, you read, yeah. when did you read it first? Uh, it would have been, you know, right when it came out, which is like 2007, mm-hmm. 2008. And which is, you know, it's funny because I read that and actually did take immediate massive action. You know what I mean? I oh, actually, did, did you? What, well, what was the first action you took? Uh, well, I actually, I owned a property and I sold it. Okay. Right. So I had another, I had two properties at the time, uh, both rental properties and I had, a a tenant that was interested in buying mm-hmm. and I was going to hold on to it, but I just, I read the four hour work week and I was like, you know what? I got to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always wanted to travel around the world. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that as my opportunity to kind of get mobile. Nice. So I was like, okay, I just read this book. I'm really jazzed on mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, if this guy can do it, which I mean, Tim Ferriss, you know, it's a really smart guy. So not to be like, if he can do it, I can do it. But I tend to think, you know, if, yeah. I if someone did it, yeah, I, you know, like I can learn things. Yeah. I, I can replicate something. If somebody else did it, I'm, I'm a go getter. I'm mm-hmm. a positive guy, yada, yada. So I thought, okay, I'm going to sell this place. I'm going to go on a travel around the world. And while I'm out there, I'm going to figure things out. Okay. And, and, and what, where did you go? I went around the world. I did six continents, uh, 30-something countries. Um, I was gone for pretty much a year. Wow. I left okay. in January. I came back for the Olympics that were in Vancouver in 2010, which was like the best thing to come home to. I literally came home to Canada winning the gold in the hockey game. That's crazy. Right? So to come back to that and be with all my friends, and it was almost like a big mm-hmm. celebration back home in Vancouver, which I love. Um, so it was a great thing to come back to. I wish I would have said I would have taken the same kind of action and, and travel the world. Yeah. I, the first action I took when I, when I started was I just thought, let me automate some of my bill paying and just to free up some time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it was like the elimination chapter really struck chord with me as well. I was like, what don't I need? And I think there I canceled my Netflix. I canceled... You know, a lot of things I just like was spending money on and also wasting time because a lot of people don't realize when you buy stuff, it's not just the money that you're spending every month. It's the time invested in paying that bill as well or like using that service that you might not need. Absolutely. And I just wanted to be kind of minimalistic. Yeah. But I was living in LA. I had, I think, I think I had like two. I might even had three cars at the time, not on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't trying to have three cars. I (laughs) had, so basically I had... 
a little tiny Mazda Miata. You know, it was like yeah, a yeah, 93. Yeah. Have you seen MacGruber? No. What is that? <laughs> okay, you gotta watch <laughs> okay. MacGruber. Okay. So I had this little convertible Miata, and that was just for fun. And, you know, I had bought that with, um, you know, some of my commission checks when I was working at a honey, like at Honeywell, big corporate job. Okay. And yeah. that was like my weekend car. And then I had a sedan as well. That was like my Weekend normal car. car. Okay. It was only it was, it was like a three thousand dollar car, so yeah. it wasn't expensive. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But what happened was, uh, I had, I think. Okay, so before I bought my sedan, it was like an old Lexus. It wasn't, you know, like a secondhand Lexus LS, which is the big Lexus sedan. Yeah. yeah. And I think at that time I was having like a kind of a quarter life crisis where I was like, oh, I'm getting old now. I'm twenty seven. You know, I, I got to stop driving these, you know, sports cars. I need to settle down, yep. be serious. And so I thought, you know what? Uh, it's going to be too hard to sell this car first. You know, I found a great deal on, on, on another another car. Let me buy that first and then I'll sell it. Oh. But what happens every single time with everyone is just with like houses, you know, like people think that they can just buy a new house and then quickly sell the old no. one. It does not happen yeah. that way. I mean, maybe once in a while, but uh, you can't expect that. Yeah. All it time. always takes so much longer than people think. Yeah. And in our mind, we think that the car is worth X amount and in reality it's not. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Cause you have a bit of sentimental value on it too. Mm-hmm. Right. But while somebody else like, gosh, what? And and the same thing with houses too. Well, we'll look at the uh, Kelly Blue like Blue Book value. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, th- you know, this car should be ten thousand, but in reality, no one's gonna buy it for that. Yeah. You know, maybe it's actually worth six or seven, yeah. but even then, you have to wait until someone really wants well, it. I was gonna say, how long do you want to wait around with that car and that yeah. payment and the money that costs, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. It was good that I eliminated a lot of things, um, but then I didn't really take a big, big action, you know, and start like start a business or start passive income until well, like a year and a half or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And was that when you? I know you had your passive income from your. Oh no, you had your income from selling the rental property. Yeah, like I, I made some money from selling that. Okay. Yeah, and before that, I was getting like a you know rental income from that property. But. During traveling, was any money coming in or was that just spending money from savings? No, no, no. So so that was one property I owned and then I owned another property mm-hmm. that that was giving me actually a much more substantial. That was kind of my baby. Okay. You know? And that to this day, I still have that property and it's still, right. you know, giving me a really nice passive income every month. Okay. And when I say passive, being a landlord isn't the most passive thing on earth. There's been a lot of things yeah. I've had to do and keep up with and... At one time, I was managing it completely on my own. Mm-hmm. I still am. I did. I hired a manager one time. I didn't feel like I was getting everything out of it that I mm-hmm. could. I was like, okay, I can do this on my own. Okay. And what I did was I streamlined the place to where now I have one tenant. Mm-hmm. They're great. I keep him really happy because he's awesome. Shout out to mm-hmm. my tenant. You're the best. <laughs> And, uh, and that's hard to come by. You know what? I've had I, that place for like 10 years. I think that is hard to come by. It is. Yeah. And the thing is, so I actually was listening to another podcast today about buying apartment buildings. And he interviewed okay. someone who owns, um, works at a management company where they make yeah. it sound so easy. They're like, just hire a management company. They'll take care of everything. Yeah. And I think it would be if I was in the U.S. and I got to know them and it ran smoothly for six months or a year or two yeah. years. And then I could be like, okay, now I can come travel and not yeah. worry about it. But being here in Chiang Mai, the, I know for a fact if I bought a, let's say I bought um, a single family home or even like a fourplex, 
thinking I can, you know, in one month I can buy it, get a manager and come back here. There's no way that's going to happen. No, and I mean all it takes is one really tricky, messy maintenance thing mm-hmm. that all of a sudden your tenants aren't in there. And I mean this whole time you're counting on that rental income to pay your mortgage. And all it takes is two or three months of somebody not in there for you to be in a world of hurt. I mean, people that, and well, I'm no expert, little disclaimer here, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a property, but I don't know everything about it. Um, I imagine that people that have, you know, multiple properties, that they are in a position where they can float with the place for months at a time. If they have five, six properties, they could do that. For someone beginning or, you know, they only have one or two places, if you don't have that float or you have other responsibilities like children or whatever, I mean, let's be realistic. Not everybody is in that position of having that money to play with. Then it can be in a world of hurt of having to take out a loan to pay for this maintenance. That gets really messy. And then you got to get tenants again. That a manager, it's not like they're just out here working for you. They have hundreds of properties they're managing. They have other responsibilities, yep. You know, they'll, they'll get to you when they can. So I would love to buy rental properties in the future. And that's actually still a goal of mine. Yeah. I would like to, in the next two or three years, have enough money saved up where I can buy at least a fourplex, if not a small apartment building, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe live in one of the units yeah. and rent out the other ones. Uh, and then also have a property manager and like a maintenance guy. So I don't, I don't have to be the one fixing the toilet because I'm not very handy at all. Yeah. And uh, if you don't like doing that stuff, yeah. I mean, I have an uncle and friends of mine that are handymen, you know, and I mean, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty, but it's not what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to pretend like I can just go build a deck whenever I want. I mean, that's stuff I need help on and it costs money. Yeah. Right? So that is definitely the plan. But I think right now my plan is to keep working on my businesses and basically have enough income coming in having enough savings where that would be an option a few years mm-hmm. from now yeah so while you were out here so when did you actually arrive uh in chiang mai yeah uh it would have been sorry the start of the month so april 1st and where were you before that like tell me like why are you actually here in asia <clears throat> okay yeah for sure um so vancouver i love you but it does rain a lot okay right? so in the winter time it gets really rainy and i've been in vancouver now for 10 years right so uh my roommate and I, who, you know, we lived together for five years. He's my best friend. Um, we kind of said to each other, we're like, <laughs> we had that moment, you know, where we're like, you know, man, we could do this for another five years if we're not careful. We kind of got to move on, right? So before I'm going to go get another place in Vancouver and sign a year lease, I was like, you know what? It's going to be winter. Why don't I go travel and spend that money that I'm going to pay on rent? Back Anyways. Home? And spend it on travel. Because rent in Vancouver is not cheap, right? No, yeah. For somewhere that I'd like to be, I'd be looking at close to $2,000 rent Canadian a month. Yeah. Right? So like 1800 American. And what probably. can you do with 2000 out here? You can go ahead and have a great life. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, I went. so I went to Indonesia. I started this trip as a surf trip in Indonesia for six months. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, I'm not the world's greatest surfer, but I wanted to go to Indonesia and, you know, cut my teeth and improve and have fun there, and, and you can live pretty cheaply in uh, Bali. Anyway. And was it fun? Oh, yeah. Uh, Indonesia's great. Um, yeah. I Honestly, I could do Bali. I could live there. Right? What, part of, what part of Bali were you in? So I was in Seminyak. 
Okay. Is that where the, the surf capital is? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think all of Bali. I mean, depending on the time of year, you'll have different uh, currents coming from wherever, okay. giving better surf in different spots. I think the more, um, you know, hardcore local dudes would be in, like, Uluwatu, um, which is, like, south peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's great, amazing surf there. Way too big for me uh, okay. when it's big. I mean, uh, you know, I have no business being out there. But we're talking best guys in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a mecca the same way as North Shore Oahu is. Okay. People that know how to surf go there. But the thing about Bali that attracts... Um, people you know surfers of all types is that in uh Seminyak and kuda beach which are also the main party spots uh-huh. you know you have beginner waves that if you've never caught a wave in your life you can go out there it's beach break you know you're not going to hurt yourself on reef or anything like that but you could paddle further out or go to different spots around bali um that you know no beginners are going to be that be at and it's mostly for seasoned vets and, okay. and pros and you can have that too so bali really does appeal to surfers of any level i think and were you even planning on coming to chiang mai afterwards no not at all so so i was planning on just doing six months just to kind of escape you know the winter in van one year and you know i had every intention of going back to vancouver and it's funny we always I think there's something about, you know, being the age we're at and even younger that we get these stupid quarter life crises yeah. kind of things where we go, oh, I got to get realistic. I have video of me uh, being interviewed. I know I said this in my first interview, but this is a very, this is like, to me, this is a podcast. Yeah. We're doing an interview. This was by a friend traveling and okay. just asking me what I was going to do. And this was when I was 27 on my first trip. And out of my mouth, I'm, you know, I saw it again. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home and get realistic and, you know, and get a uh-huh. job and, and, you know, and do all the right stuff. You know, and I went home and I did that. And, you know, I wasn't really happy, you know. I, I got to admit, you know, for the last few years in van, I just, you know, I knew there's this other world out there and it suits me. Mm-hmm. And I think me traveling for that six months was a, me getting to go do that again. But as long as I put the disclaimer on myself, like I did last time, yeah. that... But I'll go get realistic when I come home. But you know what's different this time is that I feel like this world of being a digital nomad Mm -hmm. has really blossomed. You know, and for guys like me and you or you and I, it really seems possible to now make a living to spend that money that we'd be spending on back home. You're from, where are you from again? San Francisco. San Francisco. I'm from Vancouver. To the most expensive places. That is, you know, as expensive as it gets, I'd say. And that money that I'm saving from not living there, all of a sudden I heard about Chiang Mai from being, seeing Nomad List, uh, from seeing, you know, multiple kind of resources on the internet, that this place seems like the digital Nomad Mecca. Yeah, and did it live up to it? Absolutely. I mean, I've only been here two weeks, basically. And I mean, it's really charmed me. You know, I've been to Thailand four times. Um, for months at a time each and it's always been the southern islands right I've done that backpacker party circuit which is awesome <laughs> it's amazing I mean Koh Tao is yeah. one of my favorite places still and I, I never got up here because I'd always end up blowing my money and I'd, I'd get back to Bangkok I'd be like oh my it, and for some reason I always saved the full moon party for the very last thing I do uh-huh. so by then I'm like oh You're just get me home yeah, yeah. yeah so I never made it up to Chiang Mai, but you know what? Now that I'm up here, and I'd always hear about Chiang Mai, uh-huh. that, oh, you got to go up there. The vibe is so different. 
but I'm a beach guy, yep. so that always kept me away. But I'll tell you what, now that I'm here, it, it's like my favorite part of Thailand. Like, honestly, Mine too, it's but amazing. I don't know, would you have appreciated Chiang Mai as much if you came, if you came here first and not the islands? Well, no, yeah, because I like Thailand to begin with, right? I really like the people. Um, you know, I think everyone's got a it isn't you know crazy about tourists like yeah. who's like oh there's so many tourists there you got to go <laughs> right nobody ever says that but with chiang mai i mean really the thing that i like about it it's everything i loved about thailand yeah. without all that you know really touristy kind of stuff but to be fair when i was first traveling and i was kind of like a little bit scared to travel and i want everything to be super super easy like i never wanted to uh, have to order food uh, by pointing pointing at something, I wanted to just be able to order in English, or I wanted Western people around all the time. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, I really liked being <laughs> in very touristy places, and that's why my first trip was just Bangkok and Phuket because I knew, uh, the, you know, well, I mean, obviously, I didn't really know how to, I didn't even know what a backpacker was. Like yeah. America, like Americans, are, we are so in the dark when it comes to a gap year mm-hmm. or backpacking. Mm-hmm. Like most people, I've never heard of it going through high school or college. It wasn't even a term. Okay. Yeah. And when I got here and I saw backpackers, I didn't even know what they were. Huh. Like to me, it was a new species of people. (laughs) Yeah. See, I think that might be a little different between uh, Canadians and Americans. Because Canadians travel a lot. Yeah, we do. I mean, I can honestly say that I I usually see basically, you know, the Aussies, Canadians, English. Germans. All the Europeans. <laughs> yeah, they, they travel quite a bit. There's a, a lot of American digital nomads, though. And I think it's either they go all the way and become a digital nomad, or like a full-time traveler, mm-hmm. or they you know never, ever come out. Uh, it's one of those things where... Because I think it's so difficult for us to, you know... like So let's say you wanted to take a gap year between college and high school... As a just as like an average Canadian, would like would that be okay? Um, yeah, it's funny because we have the same kind of uh, education system as you. I think you know where uh, right out of high school you're kind of encouraged to go straight to college, right? Okay. Where I really like that whole gap year thing, you yeah. know, of like, hey, go see the world a bit, then come back when you got a little bit under you, right? So uh, I don't know. We don't get encouraged to travel like that. I think okay. it's just. I don't know, people have done it before us and it just gets passed down through the generations of, oh, go travel. Okay. I, I wonder why, you know what? It's a mystery to me. I don't what know What about why. after college? Is it normal to take a year off before you get a job? Um, no, not, not that either. I think we, we spend less on education than, than you guys do. Okay. Once again, I'm not quite sure, you know, what the exact figures are, yeah. but... You know, from what I know, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure our tuition's a lot less than, than what you guys pay. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe for us, it's it's an option. It's like, well, you know, we don't got these killer student loans, even though they they are an issue in Canada, too. I think yeah. we pay way too much for, for school. But, you know, I think when you have these loans on top of you, the last thing you're going to do is go spend a bunch of money on traveling especially if you don't have an income coming in that's where that whole debt culture Uh really hurts people because hey shut up take this loan go to school don't yeah don't even think about it yeah don't yeah don't think about it everyone does it well yeah and and what it's a shame because you know you take out this loan when you're a kid 
you don't even really know what you're into. Yeah. And now, you know, you, you paid all this money into this, you know, job stream that yeah. you're on. That the only way for you to get out of that is now to go work that job yep. that you got a degree for. But what a shame that this person's never got to travel if that's what they want to do. Not everybody wants to travel. Fair enough. But you know what? I didn't know I wanted to travel. Like, oh, like there it, you go. It wasn't even an option. option. Yeah. Like, because no, no one ever told me, yeah. uh, like, hey, this is, you know, instead of working in a cubicle, you can go, you know, work at a coffee shop, uh, you know, or a co-working space in yeah. Thailand. And no yeah. one ever said that. I think maybe it's changing. I wonder, like, I really wonder if there's any people listening to this show that are, let's say, under 18 or in college. Uh, or, I mean, if you are, please leave a comment or message me on, like, Twitter or Facebook, whatever. It is. I want to know what the demographic is. Because mm-hmm. if you guys are in high school or in college, man, take a freaking gap year. Take a gap life. Yeah, I'm actually... It's, it's a shame. I mean, you can... I remember when you're, when you're 18... You know, let's say your friends are going off to college. Yeah. You know, and if there's anything, you know, like I took a year or two of college off and on type of thing. Um, but, you know, I never I never paid attention. I was just like, I was only there for the social aspect. But when you see your friends doing that, you might want to like, you know, make sure you're not losing them and, and missing out, right? But you're not missing out at 18. It's college. You're still a kid when you're yeah. 19. You're still a kid at 20, 21. That, that college isn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. but you have these windows of opportunity. I've traveled, I've been lucky enough to travel at 19, mm-hmm. 23, 25, 27, 31, 33. Like, okay. I've got to travel quite a bit. I've seen it at those different levels. You can only be that kind of idiot, like you said before, and not to call anybody an idiot. <laughs> well, I was. I'm calling myself an I idiot. I was an idiot when I first started traveling when I was 27, I think. Okay, yeah. And... I, I wrote a book about it. It's called 12 Weeks in Thailand. I gotta, I gotta check it out. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. And in it, I talk about going to the full moon party, picking up Swedish girls on the beach. <laughs> Swedish girls in Copenhagen. Drinking buckets, yeah. partying, you know, working as a dive master, and yeah. going to all these different islands, and how to, how to live for as cheap as possible. Uh, and yeah, a lot of it was me, you know, just being a, a 27-year-old male hormone-driven yeah. idiot. And that's your window. You're supposed to be yeah. that. Right? Where right now I'm not looking for that. You know what I mean? I'm here kind of doing some other thing. That fulfills me just as much. But you have these periods of your life where, man, what a great thing to be just out of high school. You're on your own out there for the first time. And you're experiencing all this stuff. You get this. The greatest thing I learned from traveling is perspective. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it's one of the most valuable things you can learn in your life. Go into that more. What do you actually mean by perspective? To see other cultures, to see how other people live, to talk with somebody that you would have never got the chance to talk Mm -hmm. to in the city that you're from, in that bit of a bubble. Wherever you're from, you're in a bubble. The same way as somebody who lives in Napoli is in a bubble. (laughs) Somebody that lives in, you know, Green Bay is in a bubble. Somebody in Vancouver is in a bubble. What's insane is even growing up in San Francisco, you would think that people there, because it's such a big city, you know, we have international people from around it's the world. It's a melting pot. Yeah. yeah, you would think that we're like super open-minded and the opposite of a bubble. But my, my friends from high school and my, even my friends from college, a lot of them like really are doing the exact same thing. They, they still live within an hour of where they grew up. Mm-hmm. They still have the exact same friends, yeah. you know, which isn't a bad thing, but 
they're not meeting like like so for for example i'll meet people from the most random countries like for just even today we're hanging out with someone from canada i'm hanging out with someone from australia i'm hanging out with someone from germany mm-hmm. and just having lunch and this is just yeah. such a normal thing mm-hmm. and i learned so much about each of the cultures and i learned a lot about myself yeah they it's funny that whole broadening your horizons right i think you can go somewhere and it's almost like discovering a new color yeah that you may be a great painter you know you you live in your bubble and you you can you know paint this amazing picture and let's call that life mm-hmm. but imagine if you just had these other kind of colors that could be on your palette as well that who knows what you could create with that that i think people sometimes risk okay i'll travel when i'm done this mm-hmm. lifetime of work but that to me is a really big gamble mm-hmm. you know and then you get there what if you discover something that just turns you on and turns your life around at 60 yeah. and you go Oh, I man. could have spent my life, you know, like enjoying that. So even if it's just a year, not every, I get it. Not everybody has the opportunity to travel. I'm not I think a, people do. I think that it's, it's your choice. Well, and, yeah, I, I agree with and that. And especially I, I, now. I so when we both read the four hour work week, it was scary because even though this Tim Ferriss guy did it, he went to, was it not Princeton? Princeton or Stanford. He or had a like a hundred thousand dollar or even million dollar supplement company. It was a big company. Okay. Yeah. You know that he gave he gave that example in the book. You know he was a he's a smart guy. Yeah. Like I remember <laughs> reading that and being like, well, I don't relate to this. Like I'm I'm not I don't have that. But at the know? same time, I have friends who you know they didn't go to you know Ivy League schools like Princeton but they read the book and they're like oh, okay you know what let me just follow exactly what this guy says they didn't self-doubt themselves like I did or think like um, you know think that he couldn't do it and one example is actually Anton for the, the my mentor the guy I learned Josh from oh, yeah, he okay. read the book and he was like this makes sense just, yeah. I'm gonna do it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's great that's it that, yeah. he'd like and I you know I would love to have Anton back on the show again because he had such an interesting life. He, when he grew up, he had an uncle who was a, a businessman, and he would see his uncle and be like, "His uncle is not any smarter than his dad. Why does his uncle have a boat and be able to take these vacations and do all the things?" And he's like, "Oh, it's because he owns a business. I'm not a business." Mm-hmm. And then he asked his uncle, "Like, how can I be rich one day?" And his uncle was like, "You can do it, definitely." And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna be rich one day." And that was it. And I think growing up, I never really had anyone in my family who had, a, you know, was an entrepreneur. You know, my parents actually owned a restaurant when I was really young, but I don't remember it because I was probably only like 12 or 13 when they sold it. And then they started working for other people again. And in my mind, if anything, it showed me the opposite. It was like, don't open your own business because it's not going to go well. It's going to fail. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that could be a subconscious thing because I saw the stress that they had, and, and I remember them fighting all the time, you know, with their business partners and talking about how stressful it was, mm-hmm. and it was easier just to work for someone else again, and maybe that planted a seed, and it took me, you know, until I was twenty-seven, well, actually thirty-one, for to actually start my own business because yeah. I was still working for other people when I first started traveling. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I retract my statement that not well. Wait. Some people that live in like pretty tough, like you know, some maybe they got you know life circumstances, right? All that I agree, I I get it. But let's say just you know, I could be 
a lot of times my friends or anybody else may say to me, like, oh, must be nice. Yeah. You get to oh, travel yeah. so much. That whole thing, that whole must be nice thing. Well, you know what? Yeah, I do have a passive income. But for me to go do this, I sold my car. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not paying rent mm-hmm. in a very expensive city. It's not like I just, oh, I guess I'll not. I'm not floating through this. Mm-hmm. These are all choices I've made. I sold everything I owned. You know, I, I sacrifice. I, I'd love to have a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you think I don't want a dog? Yeah. yeah. I sacrifice a lot of stuff to do this. That, hey, man, do you want to travel too? Well, are you willing to sacrifice your, your F-350? Yeah. Are you willing to sacrifice paying $100 gas every week? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to sacrifice your $2,000 apartment? Because, mm-hmm. listen, you can travel. You can How, how much does it cost to live in Chiang Mai? Nothing. You know, so I want to say a thousand dollars. So comfortably, this, this condo that I'm in now, what would this cost in Vancouver? Oh, this is a sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred dollar place. Easy, yeah. Easy. And Easy. this is like in the heart of, you know, like we walked here from from the co-working space. Yeah. We're gonna walk to what you know to dinner tonight. Yeah. It's such a good location in San Francisco, and I. I I would say this would be like two thousand. I actually, I t- this is a two thousand dollar place because it has a swimming pool, yeah. it has a rooftop garden that you yeah. haven't seen yet. This is like we have a place in Vancouver called Yale Town, and it's mm. like our expensive kind of area. That this would be a Yale Town apartment. This to buy yeah. in Vancouver is like six hundred thousand dollars. And you know, the thing is, I'm paying less than five hundred. And I'm splitting it with my girlfriend. So we're Jeez. paying like 250 each. Okay, so you could either spend two grand a, a month for a year, yeah. so $24,000, or yeah. you can spend 250 I mean, you are splitting this with your girlfriend, but just to let everybody know, I'm about to go to a place for $200 uh-huh. a month. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at $2,400 a year. A year. That you're saving $22,000. Do you know what you can do with $22,000? Exactly. And you know what? Let's say you wanted a $22,000 a year raise. Yeah, Try yeah, getting yeah. that. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my goal is to make twenty two thousand dollars more this year. And yeah. as an entrepreneur, putting the hours, I'm going to do it. But it's yeah. it's a lot easier for me just to not live in an expensive place well, and make the same. All that money gets to feed your business, right? So if you are an entrepreneur, why wouldn't you? And that's why this place is a digital nomad mecca. You can come here. And it's an amazing place to live, full of awesome people with a great vibe, full of like-minded people. I mean, just from being at Pun Space myself, meeting guys like you, mm-hmm. everybody else there, in two weeks, I've learned more. It's like going to boot camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing, right? So, so out of the people you've met, like, what are some of the business models that they're, that they're doing that you... Well, I guess at Pun Space, right? So drop shipping, mm-hmm. right? Um, the fulfillment by Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, affiliate marketing. Um, and you've looked into a lot of these, right? Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, so I mean, here I am traveling right now, and I mean, I, I work. A, I'm really lucky where I have a great sales job that I've been doing for the last two years. That um, just like the four hour work week, mm-hmm. I talked to my boss and just yeah. said, hey. What do you think about me doing this remotely? And he's a forward-thinking guy, and he's one of my best friends. Um, Forward-thinking guy, and he was all about it, right? So I was able to do that while I traveled. But I have some time. You know, I'm sitting here going, okay, because I thought about getting into more real estate because I was doing conventional old school ways mm-hmm. of making money. First, I, I, want, I want to applaud you for, I don't know if people caught that, 
you did exactly what Tim Ferriss said. You, you yeah. had a job. Yeah, I did. And yeah. instead of just quitting the job or suffering through it and sitting a wall and being stuck, you you said to him, let me do it remotely? Yeah, and want to know what I'm doing is basically what I did there. So not, I'm doing exactly what I was doing for two years in Vancouver living. Mm-hmm. But what I did was pretty much shave $2,000 off my living expenses. Because you got the same salary. So it's almost like I gained twenty grand just from asking. And you can live here. Yeah, which is, I mean, and I'm traveling right now. I'm yeah. going around the world. Where right now, I mean, I love Vancouver. I'm going back there in the summer. Uh-huh. But I think I'm going to make my home base Chiang Mai, where I was going to make my home base Vancouver. But you know what? For it just, I, I don't see why I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like Chiang Mai is just that good. It's such a central hub around here. And that money I save every month, that's another trip. That's me going to Nepal. Exactly. That's me going to Malaysia. That's me going down to Fiji. Not to mention, I mean, you can go anywhere from here. It's actually a really nice central location. And the nicest thing is because you're not in a rush to, you know, to pay bills, to pay $2,000 a month in rent. You could take your time and really research because absolutely, like you, like you're, like, like you're really big on just kind of looking and weighing the pros and cons of whatever you're going to jump into. Yeah, like right now I'm researching all these things. I, I, you know, to get back and, and not uh-huh. to jump over you here, but right now I'm kind of looking for a new stream. Okay. You know, like I own a property, and let me tell you, it's work. Yeah. But you know what? I'm 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 so down with this culture that I want to get. I want to be doing something involved with it because I know I could probably excel at it. So right now I'm researching a new stream. Yeah. So the two biggest things that people are looking at now uh, is fulfilled by Amazon, mm-hmm. which is basically importing uh, your own product into Amazon's warehouses, and Amazon will sell it for you. Well, they'll list it on Amazon.com, yeah. and then if it sells, they'll ship it to your customer. And the other thing is drop shipping, which you don't buy the inventory, the, you just get approved as a authorized dealer from the supplier. Mm-hmm. And then when someone buys something from your site, then you ship it, uh, you don't ship it, the supplier ships it to the customer. So those are the, the two main ones that, that most people are looking at. And what are your thoughts on kind of both so far? Uh, see, to me, they're both something that you have to work at. I, you know, like I think a mistake a lot of people might make with being like the digital nomad and stuff. It's like, yeah, you get to work from the pool on your laptop, but you got to work from your pool on the laptop. I mean, it takes time. So I think with both these things is they both are viable. They both can, I mean, they both have plenty of positives, right? Mm -hmm. I think what you have to do is really commit to what you're doing. Put the work in for months. For months, you know, I, I don't think any of this stuff is a quick buck stuff, type stuff. You got to put the work in and you got to enjoy what you're doing. Definitely. Right? Otherwise, you're going to burn out. So an example is, so today I, I was working on other stuff. Actually, I was working on a email autoresponder uh, for my blog, Johnny FD. And actually, I decided to combine um, both the travel like a boss email list and the Johnny FD email list because I figure it's like it's the same people going on and there's no point for them signing up for two different ones and having me send the same email saying yeah, yeah hey yeah. guys I'm Redundancy. in check my yeah, yeah. Exactly. so uh, I've also decided to actually just pay for a real email service I'm using Aweber now instead of using yeah. the free ones like MailChimp and I was using something called Mad Mimi okay. and be mainly because in the beginning I was like oh it's, it's free let me, just, let me just do it I wish I was more forward thinking like you are and just 
you know, and then decide on something and commit to it and actually just do it right. Because I'm the type where I'm like, let me just do the freeway, and mm. then if it works, then I'll switch over. But it's so much more work. Yeah, my uh, my old roommate. I guess I don't want to say people's names, yeah. but he'll listen to this. <laughs> he always would laugh at me because I'm the type to really, really research anything I end up buying or buying into, mm. um, to a fault almost. I'll overdo it. But I like to know because I do like to commit, and I'm pretty loyal. You Good. know, like I'll just kind of keep with that thing for a while to make it work. That's very smart. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be like that now, uh, especially now that I actually have the income. I know, okay, this email list is gonna make me, you know, ten times the the monthly rate of what I'm paying for the email service. Uh-huh. So I might as well do it right. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the emails is, it's a great way for people to just keep in touch with your blog. Because someone can go to johnnyfd.com and love it and be like, this is awesome. I really enjoy it. And then they'll forget about it forever. Yeah. And nowadays, Facebook and Twitter don't show all your engagement anymore. So especially with Facebook, it's almost useless now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I keep hearing that. See, I don't know about this world too much yet. Yeah. So with Facebook, it's st- like you would think I post something on Facebook. If you're my friend or you liked my page, you'll see it. Not anymore. Only 10% of those people will see it. Wow. And then if you want to pay money, then, you know, 100% can see it. Or if it just happens to go viral, people sharing it. But the chances are pretty small. So nowadays, it's like you, if you don't have an email list, people lose lose touch. They don't see your updates. Well, yeah. The main thing, I'm in a a really cool mastermind. um, Actually, a course uh, by Lewis Howes called School of Greatness Academy. Um, which I've never been a part of a mastermind or anything like that. But I just started my blog because I'm doing all this traveling. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing I hear is mail list. Only, only just because you want, you know, I'm putting out this stuff that I think is valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, this, you, it doesn't take no time to do this. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes me to construct a blog post and yeah. be happy with it mm-hmm. and feel that it's valuable and this could help somebody out? Mm-hmm. It takes days. Yeah. Days. And you want people to see it. You don't want that just yeah, to... Uh, you know, know, I want... If they're into what I'm doing, I, you know, I'd love for them to kind of... And the of, thing is, they probably want to. They want to see it. Yeah. And they and just they want that reminder. Don't be on the list. And yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'm not forcing you to do it. It's like, hey, man, you know, I'm putting out a lot of effort. I'm just starting out. But you know what? If you think this is valuable and this has helped you in some way and you want to get it... You want to see my next one right away? Yeah. How else are you going to know if I don't ask? Yeah, are you going to check back every day? Yeah, see, you know, I'm a little bashful with that stuff. Yeah. I, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I think you can tell by now mm-hmm. that I'm pretty cautious with, you know, how I'm presenting kind of myself, right? Where I, I You're a humble want, guy. You know, I, I, just, like I want people to have the right idea that yeah. I'm, I'm in it for the right reasons. And I mean... I mean, a lot, if you've ever read my blog, it's a lot of anecdotal kind of... <laughs> have you ever watched the show The Wonder Years? Yes. Okay, it's a lot of, like, Wonder Years-y, like, I didn't know it, but it was the best day of my life nice. type okay, things, Okay, it's right? fun. And, you know, if people wanted more of that, awesome, right? And you know what's so cool about the internet is it's... You'll find someone who you resonate with 100%. Yeah, I... Because there's going to... I, I bet you there's people out there that read my blog and be like... This blog is so ugly and like, and they don't like it. And then there's other people that love that it's just real. That it's just me. I don't proofread. I don't like, I don't do fancy anything. I just 
put it up there because I'm like, this is what's on my mind. See, and that's admirable. I get emotional about this stuff because it's yeah. you being you and you putting yourself out there. And that's but there's awesome. there's people that are gonna connect with you. But like, I appreciate the fact that this guy took time to proofread it and you know and really you know write a a, a real story and like you know really bring people into it. Yeah. Um, and then there's other people who you know they're like, I want it raw. I just want. You know, I want it just to be conversational. Yeah. And that's why I really think that there is like an audience for everyone. Yeah. You know? And so this email list. So do you have your email list set up right No. And it's funny because in that mastermind group uh-huh. I'm in with School of Greatness, that's my thing right now. I have to have it done by the 30th. So I need to get a mail list. Okay. We're like stat. But now that I've heard you do it, I'm going to ask you nice. how to do it. All so right. I'll, I'll, teach you, I'll show you how to set it up. Perfect. Perfect. Um, for you guys listening, this is your challenge. I want you to go to dylanbasile.com. Oh, jeez. I'll have, I'll have it in the show notes. This is episode 70 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. And I want you to click on the site. And if he has a list, I want you to join it. If he doesn't, I want you to bug him until he does. <laughs> yeah, put a comment at one of my uh, things. I'll, I'll keep it up there. <laughs> and if you want to check out my mailing list, it's at johnnyfd.com. And what I spent the entire day doing is... I set up a autoresponder, which is basically a way where uh, emails get automatically sent right when you sign up, then the next day, and then two days later, oh, yeah. then four days later, and then a week later. And I never wanted to, to, to do it because I always thought it was so impersonal. I didn't really, I didn't like autoresponders. But I also realized when people just come to my blog, especially for the first time, they, there's a lot of good old posts that uh, are hard to find. They're like it's hard to dig them up. So all I did was I was like, okay, what are the you know, like what are the five or six things that people would really enjoy reading in this order? You know, like usually when people come to my blog, the first thing they want to know about is niche selection, mm-hmm. and I have a whole episode. Uh, and a whole like like all these things about niche selection that are buried and you can't find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's gonna be the first email. And then what's the second email is going to be about uh, my, when I first came to Thailand and about my first book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, because that's, you know, if you're just starting out, you do want to know how to live cheap and you want to know how to get by for $600, 600 bucks a month. And you want to know about partying and scuba diving. But then by, let's say the sixth email, then it kind of gets into like, okay, what am I doing now? Like what's, you know, what are my, my future plans? Mm-hmm. So I really think that people are going to enjoy it and they're really going to like it. And if you guys sign up for it, you guys can see what I'm talking about. And also, here's a secret. is If you want to know how to set up a good email campaign, don't go out and try to figure it out on your own. Or And you don't even have to spend a lot of money or, or uh, anything to, to figure out you know, email marketing. Just find someone who's done it and is pretty successful. Sign up for their list and just backward analyze. Like, okay, what service does he use? And you can scroll down the bottom and it'll say, this email was sent by Aweber. <laughs> well, this is, that's some four-hour work week stuff too, right? Yeah. Is that it's a template. Somebody else has done this. You can just learn from somebody who's done it. You don't have to make all those mistakes. And exactly. Take time, right? So back with, uh, so Joshua versus Amazon. Right? I, I think a lot of times, you know, people want to know kind of the pros and cons of both. And being in Chiang Mai, it's so easy to see the pros and cons of both because there's both people doing it. Mm-hmm. I want to say that Amazon FBA works. People are making a lot of money from it. 
Yeah, I had no idea what it was up until like really a week ago. <laughs> Honestly, dude. How did you, how did you first hear about it? Like, what do you know about uh, it? Just somebody at Pun Space is okay. doing it, right? And uh, they were just kind of asking me what I do, and it's just so funny because I don't. I'm doing those conventional. I got a sales job, and mm. I got you know my property. Um, but like I said, I'm interested in that stuff. Um, so yeah, he kind of told me what it was, okay. and then sure enough, I kind of researched it, and like I research a lot of stuff. So just learning about it, it's. You know, so I can't believe how much money some people are making on that. Yeah. And I like the idea of like a physical product mm-hmm. and you're actually, you know, selling like you're, something you're into. That's pretty cool. I definitely like physical products as well. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I have a dropshipping store because I'm like, I want to sell something tangible, something that someone can receive in the mail, mm-hmm. they can be excited about. You know, I actually really like getting those emails. Like I, like I have it set up so as soon as someone gets the delivery, uh, that they'll get an email saying, Hey, you know, here's your FedEx tracking number. Um, the package was left at your front door. Mm-hmm. You know, and that way, if someone's at like out the grocery store, or they're at, at work, they can be like, okay, go home and check m- on my package. Don't forget about it. Things like that. And then mm-hmm. they, they always reply back saying, hey, you know, thanks so much. I got it. You know, I really love it. And to me, it makes it super exciting. And same thing with FBA. You know, probably even more so because you're the one physically making and, and designing the product, even though even though you're not the one making it. Yeah, and you're just importing it, and it might be made in the same factory as you know ten other of the same, you know, similar items in China. Mm-hmm. You're still putting your own twist on it. You're putting your own brand on it, your own logo on it. Yeah, like you know, I mean, you always hear about how Ray-Ban sunglasses are all made by Luxottica, uh-huh. who also makes the knockoffs and mm-hmm. yada yada, right? And I don't know, can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you know, batteries and stuff like that. It's all kind of made, and they they put their own twist on yeah. it, right? So I'd imagine supplements. I mean, everything I think is kind of they're like that. pretty much all the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I actually wrote a uh, a post on my blog recently talking about how to get free stuff from Amazon. Okay. There's a a basically because I know so many FBA guys, the fulfilled by Amazon guys, they're always posting on their Facebook walls saying, "Hey, I I just came out with this supplement. Uh, can you you know here's a hundred percent off coupon code on Amazon." Please buy it and then review it. Yeah, they want the reviews. Right? They want the reviews. See, I just learned about this. Okay. And because that is how Amazon's infrastructure works. The more reviews it has, yeah. the higher it's going to rank and mm-hmm. the more sales it's going to make. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, you want to give away as many products as you can. Even though you give them a 100% off coupon, it still shows up as a verified buyer. Mm-hmm. Verified purchase from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that's how people game it. The bad thing of it is, as a customer, and I don't think most people realize this yet because they're not, they're, you know, they're not as close to it. You know, they're not seeing both sides. As a customer, I was trying to buy some accessories for a GoPro. I wanted to go scuba diving with it, mm-hmm. and be, I was typing in like, you know, uh, GoPro scuba diving mount, you know, GoPro scuba diving red filter, and I could not find anything I wanted that wasn't made by obviously an FBA yeah, guy who's can, just doing marketing. Now that I know what to see, as someone, okay, let me, yeah. I'm a layman okay. for everybody listening. I had no idea what any of this was up until a week ago. Um, and I had no idea. I'd go on Amazon and I'd, I wouldn't be able to, it's like the matrix. I can't see the code. Mm-hmm. But now that I can, I can spot it. And you're so right. You know, sorry to cut you off. No. Exactly. You know, you can see it. It's obvious. So that's actually one of the reasons why I don't want to get into Amazon is because I feel like Amazon's destroying their own uh, marketplace. 
where as a customer, I didn't end up buying anything because it was so hard for me to even find a product that had, you know, legitimate reviews. And by legitimate, I mean by, you know, reviews left by someone who went out and bought the product and wasn't just giving it, you know, giving it for free, you know, because there's a big difference between someone who gets it for free because you offered it to them and then they happen to review it versus someone who really wanted to buy it, needed it, spent their own money, and then received the product, you know, used it, and then went out of their way to leave a review. Mm-hmm. And so what's gonna happen, I think, is either one or two things gonna happen. Either people are gonna stop shopping on Amazon and start shopping on other places, or Amazon's gonna be like, we need to crack down on all these small suppliers gaming the system. Yeah. It's funny because we talked uh, about that, just how all these systems are getting gamed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all the social networks. I was saying how useless it is having, you know, following 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. How can you even use Twitter <laughs> yeah. when you're following 10,000 people? It's like, oh, but you, you have 10,000 followers. But it's like, you know what? What's that? There's that meme with the guy from The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. He's like, when, you know, when everyone has 10,000 followers... Nobody has 10,000 That's followers. true, though. It's true. I mean, anybody... Can, I mean, honestly, okay. I just signed up for Twitter. Yeah. Literally, I'm so slow on it, it's not That's even okay. funnier. Same with Instagram and stuff. And I see the value now in these social networks. So uh-huh. I see that, all, you know, when you're participating and not lurking, you're getting turned on to awesome stuff. You're, mm-hmm. you're actually having conversations about the things you're into, and it becomes this beautiful useful tool that lasted for about four weeks for me Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden i noticed i kept getting like these people following me it was like oh how great you know 10 people a day and but i noticed you know i keep the interaction goes down yeah and all of a sudden because what i would do is i don't know any better i follow them back Mm -hmm. and then you know it got up there i mean i remember i was stoked on my 50th follower right i honestly i called my girlfriend at the time i'm like Oh my God, I got 50 uh-huh. followers. Crazy. Thanks uh-huh. for signing me up. And uh, now I got, you know, like getting up there like 800 or whatever, which is still nothing to some but people. But it's hard now, but exactly. It's like now you, you don't interact with the 800. But the thing is, is I followed them back and now I get it. It took me this long to figure it out. I'm like, oh my God, they're just following me. So you'll follow So them. I'll follow them. Uh-huh. If I don't follow them back, they'll unfollow you. They unfollow yep, me. Exactly. But what sucks about that is as soon as, I mean, these things have a saturation point to where I want to see, you can't physically scroll through all the updates no. once it gets past like two or 300. Because then it becomes like you just can't actually like get through it. So what's the point of Instagram? When you have 10,000 followers. And now that I see it, it's almost just like everything. I'm seeing the matrix where now I'm going, oh, okay, that person has 30,000 followers, but they're they're following 20,000 people. So all they did was the stupid follow game. And it's what it is, is people gaming these systems. Mm -hmm. That why is it in human nature for us to destroy these things where it could be such a valuable tool. And a lot of stuff is fun right when it it kind of goes live. So the newest app I downloaded is Periscope. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which a lot, you know, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, you can download it. It's only available on uh, iPhones on iOS. It's free. It's made by Twitter and you can follow me at Johnny FDK. And I'll have a link to that as well. And right now it's super awesome because only a few people are on it only a few like early adopters and 
the people that are on it really enjoy using it. Yeah, this will be the golden times of Periscope right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should so, get on it. Yeah. It's the good times right now. So check that out. So back to Amazon versus dropshipping. What, so um, for dropshipping, I would say, okay, here's the pros and cons from, from my point of yeah, view. Yeah, school me because I'm just like your listeners right now. Okay. I'm not quite sure about any of so this. So I really 100% believe that Amazon – I know personally people are making a lot of money on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Some people are making – $15,000 a month in profit. Yeah, I've you heard know? more. Like, that's crazy. What, what, what have you heard up to? Well, I've heard, like, some people making 50 k a month. 50000 a month. And I think there's, you know... But, I mean, those are the unicorns, right? Mm. I don't want to start getting, like, yeah, you do this, yeah. you get 50 But I think if those are the unicorns, then what's, like, the average guy? Mm. What's the dude struggling to make? Mm. You know, I'm sure... You know, even, I mean, the sound of $1,000 a month to some people is it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that would, you could stay in Chiang Mai for your life. With a thousand bucks. Yeah, in. that's true. You know, so definitely pe- fulfilled by Amazon works a hundred percent. I know people who are making money from it. There's tons of people who are making money, and this is actually a great time to be in Amazon stores. The reason why I've not personally done it, even though I've been toying with it now for yeah, months, yeah, you must get it months, in front of your nose all day for months now. Yeah. I've been like. Almost jumping on. I actually did all the niche research. I contacted suppliers. I had Skype chats with them. Oh, I was wow. very close to, to pulling the trigger. All right. And the reason why I didn't is I was like, if I spent... Okay, so with Amazon, you have to physically import the goods and send it to Amazon's warehouse. All right. Which takes money. And it's possible just to get a few hundred pieces of whatever you're going to sell. But... If you're really gonna do it as a business, you have to have you have to invest some money. Yeah, because the savings are coming from when you're that the savings come when you're buying the yeah. product, not when you're selling it. So if you're only getting a little, you're losing out on that margin right away. And you have yeah. to give away the first couple hundred pieces just to get the reviews. So let's say you're selling a kitchen supply, all right? Uh, I was actually gonna sell um, dish racks. <laughs> Okay, like, yeah. right. that, was, that was your thing? That was my itch, yeah. Okay. And I was like, well, I, well I'm going to have to give away 100 dish racks, which might only cost me $7 per dish rack you know, to get a review. Um, but that's 700 bucks I'm just giving away. Actually, no more than that. Yeah, 700 bucks I'm just giving away mm-hmm. in hopes to get these reviews and then hopes people will buy it. And I have to, so realistically, I have to spend... $7,000 buying this inventory so I have enough to first give away to get the reviews and mm-hmm. then second to sell it mm-hmm. and be able to make it worth the uh, shipping cost from China because if you if you just order 100 pieces your shipping is going to be very expensive so the only way to get that down is to be able to buy more yeah exactly and then either one or two things can happen one, no one's going to buy it. I'm going to have $7,000 worth of inventory in Amazon. And I'm going to be very unhappy. <laughs> You're going to be the dish rack king of yep. Chiang Mai. I'm going to have 700 pieces of dish racks sitting around. <laughs> or uh, people do buy it. And I'm so excited. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy more inventory. Because right? that's the only logical thing that makes sense. So this time, I'm like, well, people are buying it. Let me t- put in an order for 1,000 pieces this time. And, you know, so $1,500 or $15,000 sometimes worth of inventory. And that is what I'm scared about is every time I sell, I have to put more money in to buy more. Yeah. And it's like a cycle. So even though you think you're making all this money, you're reinvesting it all. Mm-hmm. And what I'm so scared of is Amazon decides, hey, 
guess what? We're changing our algorithms. I'm, you know, we're kicking you out or we're pausing it or we, you know what? Most likely they're just going to change the way that your, your products show up on their search. And if that happens, I have $15,000 worth of inventory sitting in a warehouse in Amazon, at Amazon's headquarters, which by the way, they charge you for every month in, in yes, warehousing yeah, fees. I just read about that today. Yeah. And what do, what do I do? <laughs> And that's what I'm scared about. And that's why I haven't done it. You open a brick and mortar dish with rack stores, <laughs> what you do. Yeah. Like seriously, I, I, that, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And yeah. the other downsides to it is because it is physical inventory being shipped. So there's three guys that were at Pun Space today that they got their products uh, from Amazon. Uh, they're, they're All three of them are working together for some reason. Um, and instead of... Are those the selfie stick guys? Uh, someone else. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. They're selling. I think it's someone else. So these guys are. They ordered, you know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand units. No, a thousand two hundred units of whatever they're selling to be shipped directly to Amazon in the U.S. into their fulfilled by Amazon, you know, centers, Mm -hmm. which makes it very easy. However, they also first ordered uh, like a few pieces as a sample to come here to Chiang Mai. Just to make sure everything's okay. Guess what happened? They got the entire 1,200-piece order sent to Chiang Mai by accident. Oh. Because you, you remember, you're dealing with someone, a supplier in China mm-hmm. who normally doesn't speak very good English. Mm-hmm. And they're busy because they have so many clients doing this because so many people are doing it. And it's very easy for them to mix up the shipping addresses. Mm-hmm. So they are now stuck with 1,200 pieces of, of, of unit that is now in Thailand that they're still going to sell, but they're going to have to, now they have to ship that to the U S and they decided that they're going to ship them individually. Um, what people buy it and, or something like that, you know, I think it would actually make sense for them to label it and package it and then send it to Amazon's warehouse again. But either way now, you know, they have to spend all this money in customs fees and then shipping again. Mm -hmm. And that is stuff that I don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. But with drop shipping, even though there's much less upfront cost and there's no inventory costs, so the way that drop shipping works is you become uh, an authorized dealer, and you instead of you sending the inventory to a warehouse, it's already in the supplier's warehouse. Mm-hmm. So all you do is when you get the order, you forward the email. Really, no liability. You know, I would say the only liability would be. If you didn't have very clear return shipping return uh, policies, and let's say you like your return policy is we take all returns 100% all the time we pay for shipping, and then someone's gonna return something, you you have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. But I make it very clear saying you know the we follow the manufacturer's uh, return policies, and you are responsible for shipping if you want to return something, mm-hmm. and that has cut down my returns by 99%. Like literally, I get one return every four months if if that. Yeah. Okay. And, but the upside's a lot lower. You know, I'm not making $25,000 a month in profit from my, uh, from, from my job shipping stores. You know, I'm happy making $6,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And, which is crazy. I mean, I'm still very happy I mean, with that. I mean, yeah. That's, you know, more than most people making a job easily. Yeah. It's and, more than a household. Basically. And what, here's the cool thing about it is it's no liability and 100% location dependent. You know, and even though Amazon is 100% location dependent, once everything's set up, things like 
what happened today where they got the products shipped to the wrong address that's not location dependent mm-hmm. you know or having the inventory in Amazon's warehouses when they um, if it doesn't sell that's not very location dependent either mm-hmm. so these are kind of the pros and cons uh, I'm still weighing my options yeah, yeah I, mean, I think a lot of people are I think that's kind of like the big debate And but here's the thing is you know what? <clears throat> if if someone wants to do Amazon, they should do it right now. I really think so. Mm-hmm. Like I think if they want to do it, they should not wait two more months to do it because it's going to be two hundred times harder two months from now. Uh, so no pressure. No pressure. No pressure, guys. <laughs> I know there's a a amazing selling machine launch coming out in a few days. If you want to sign up, you have two days to sign up. <laughs> See, that's why I'm researching it so much. I want to know if I'm going to do it. Or... And that course is expensive, right? How much yeah, is it? Yeah, that's the thing. It's not cheap. I think it's like almost five grand. So, five thousand million dollars <sighs> on top yeah. of whatever you got to pay for your inventory and all that stuff. Design, branding, blah, blah, blah. So, five thousand dollar course and then probably realistically seven thousand dollars in inventory. That's twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. But with the potential of making $12,000 a month in profit. Yeah, and I mean, I think the, I mean, I've spent, I've blown, I've done bad deals. You know, I've lost a lot of money before um, on dumber, oh no, I don't want to say dumber, but just on me being stupid. Um, well, you know what? That's wrong. I wasn't okay. even being stupid. I just took a risk. Yeah. And I lost. And you know Same what? Same way it as could, I took the risk been, and I won. Yeah, it could have been the exact opposite. You yeah, could have I, taken that risk and won. I mean, you hear that a lot of times from any any idol I have, kind of in the entrepreneurial world. You know, you got to fail. You know, you got to you. You're not going to exceed. You're not going to have this extraordinary life by playing it safe, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have just a safe life. Um, same way as bungee jump. I mean, you do these things for that experience, for the payoff that could happen. So I look at something like that as, you know, there's a big upside to it if you mm-hmm. do it. I mean, people go to school. That's quite the risk to that is, do yeah. four years. $20,000 in school and in loans. Yeah, I mean, there you go, right? And then what do you get out of that is, okay, you get, you know, maybe a $40,000, $50,000 a year job, mm-hmm. right, that you got to do. And, and it's not location independent. You better hope to God that the business doesn't go under. Your boss doesn't have a bad day. Yeah. You don't have a bad day. Yep. You know what I mean? There's a lot of risk involved there too. That hey, if it works, awesome, right? But same with the drop shipping. Like I, I don't know the real risk there. I mean, what is the risk? Mainly is wasting your time. So which it is doesn't, valuable. which is valuable. That's the most and valuable thing. Especially if you don't have a buffer to work with. So like, mm-hmm. let's say you only have. $2,000 saved up and you were like I'm going to move to Chiang Mai I'm going to you know I'm going to spend $1,000 in Anton's course I'm going to spend $300 setting up the, the store and then you have 700 bucks left hoping okay you know in the next two months I'm going to get everything up and running and if you if something comes up you get lazy you give up you know some challenges some hurdles you know come up you just, you know, that's still a liability. It's still mm-hmm. not like, okay, I didn't lose anything. It's lot, losing a lot less than investing, you know, $12,000. But it's, you know, people are in a tough a situation. So there's a guy, I don't know if you met him today. His name is Evan. He's a young kid from Colorado. Uh, he's wearing like a bandana and some skater clothes. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had his dropshipping store 
and he was you know he struggled you know for whatever reason I think you know I think he said his the niche he chose he didn't he didn't spend too much time in niche selection he just picked something he didn't know too much about and he struggled with the niche so for the for like months he was trying to get it working and the thing about it was he was making sales and he was making some money from it so he knew it worked and he's like man like I just need to I just needed I needed to get it above you know X amount and I don't know how much he was making from it but it wasn't a lot he was only making like a couple hundred dollars a month from his store mm-hmm. and it's kind of a hard place to be in right because you're like it works but it doesn't it's not enough you know it's almost like if it didn't work at all then you could be like this doesn't work and trust me else but if you're making a couple hundred bucks and a couple sales per month you're like well how can I scale this what can I do and he ended up just selling it he, he sold the sign on Flippa and he got $9,000 for it oh wow oh is that that guy yeah I, I, I seen when you when he said that yeah. yeah yeah. and he is ecstatic because he is a young kid I don't know how old he is probably like 19 or 20 or something no way really yeah oh, wow. and you know what I asked him I was like because you thought it was 900 you're like 900 I thought, yeah Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Remember, like, we saw him on the street. He's like nine k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he said he's he said he sold a site, and I was like, oh, how much you get for it? And he said nine. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, nine hundred bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no nine thousand. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, would you, you know, like, if, would you be happy just making another one of these sites and selling it for nine thousand? You know, even if you didn't make money from the the actual store. And he's like, heck yeah. Because especially for a young, you know, a young kid, especially living in, in Chiang Mai, to get paid more than three thousand dollars per month, you know, working from your laptop, you're, you're happy doing that. Yep. So now he's working on a couple more stores. And for nine k, you got four years rent in Chiang Mai. It's you know insane. what I mean? Think about that. So here's my dilemma: is I know if I spent more time on my dropshipping stores, or if I open another store, I can make more money. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing it. I'm like, if you look at my income reports, my monthly sales for my main store is going down. Uh, part of it is because it, we had some inventory issues because there was a, a port strike in Long Beach that was affecting a lot, pretty much everyone that uh, ships anything into the US from China. And that kind of went down. And that actually honestly kind of demotivated me. I'm like, well, I don't want to deal with every other product being out of stock and having to email the customers saying, hey, I'm sorry, this is going to be you know three weeks late and then having to deal with it. So to be honest, that's a, a big reason. But also the main reason is because I'm working on a membership course, which I haven't you know told anyone about yet, but I'm part of a mastermind. I, I paid $2,000 to be part of this mastermind group uh-huh. to make a membership course. Mm-hmm. So I've been focusing 100% on that. Yeah. And... Uh, that's actually the main reason why I want to build up this email list is so when it does launch, I can email everyone and say, hey, my membership course is out, you know, check it out, sign up, spread the word. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why this morning, even though I woke up with a $1,200 order on my phone <laughs> and a $320 order on my phone, I didn't even fulfill those or check my email until 4.15 p.m., and I got into Pun Space at eight. <laughs> I knew I had this money just sitting there, and all I had to do is log in and click fulfill and forward the email, and I didn't even do it. Because wow. I was like, it doesn't matter. You know, my main, like, my focus is this membership course. Because I know 100% 
this is gonna be my 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 baby, my passion. You know, it's gonna be something. I'm, I'm like, the more I do it now, the more I'm. I know for a fact that I'm gonna be a hundred percent dedicated to it. Yeah. And you know, it, I'm very happy with my Josh Ming stores still making sales and still making money and still paying everything. But I want that to be automated. You know, it's it's a great source of like semi passive income. Um, but like my, I think I'm just excited to try something new and then really think about the, the big big picture yeah we'll go for it yeah right? thank you if, if that's you know uh how you're feeling and that's where your energy is and your mm-hmm. focus then yeah follow that you know best yeah but it's it's hard thinking that you know it's like it's like man if i just spend some more time i know i can double my income <laughs> from the stores i have already or i can start another one you know yeah well, you always can <sighs> yeah that's the thing i mean you've kind of you know you've got this thing now right to know how to do it, you know? <laughs> what is that from? I just, whenever I get that aspirational, I get kind of Tony Montana. Just, nice. Do you know we can really do this again, you know? You know, we can do this podcast again. <laughs> we can. Right. I'll do it in the Tony Montana voice. And you know what? So how do you say your name in Italian? Because that's your... your, your Dylan Basile. Okay, so everyone <laughs> check out DylanBasile.com. <laughs> Yeah. Follow my blog, johnnyft.com. Sign up for that new mailing list. You can check out my, my emails I'm going to send you and six bonus gifts that hey. are going to come over the next two weeks from it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Dylan, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank I really you. Appreciate this was it. my first uh, interview ever, so thank you very much. Dude, you know what? Appreciate You're going to crush it here and keep in touch, everyone, because everyone out here in Chiang Mai is living the life, and I want you guys to be out here as well. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.